coming up. What an excellent day for... Oops! All bonus episodes. I was laughing too hard at here. <laughs> Oops! <laughs> Well, howdy, folks, and welcome to another episode of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we normally examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist Minute by Terrifying Minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we are still your holy guides on this journey through... Oops! Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you were... I thought you were flubbing but you were acting (laughs) i'm sorry do that all again i'm so sorry no let's just keep that in as a testament to my acting such control yes absolutely you know i went to juilliard for a time and yes all right where where are we i'm gonna do it again anyway you gotta do it again yeah And we are still, even now, folks, your holy guides on this journey through, oops, all bonus episodes, as we stand in solidarity with the WGA and SAG after strikes. And folks, I am so excited. Today is the climactic conclusion. Climactic conclusion. Climactic conclusion. Red leather, yellow leather. Your mother sucks cocks (laughs) in hell. Mother sucks cocks in hell. Hell. (laughs) Cocks. Well, now we've made it very anticlimactic. Anticlimactic, climactic conclusion. Okay, okay. Cox in hell. Sorry. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, serious time, folks. Uh, Keenan, what do you remember about our last episode? Sorry, I should have told you about this. God. (laughs) Uh, Let me, hold on, let me remember here. Uh, Okay, so we're in St. Louis. Uh I know that, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And Robbie, who is possessed by a a demon or Mm -hmm. is not, uh, is or Billy Billiken is Billy Billiken? Yeah, yeah. the uh, the St. Louis University, uh, University yeah. of St. Louis, right? Go uh, mascot. Yeah. Um, so they're there now. Uh, Robbie's been staying with cousins, mm-hmm. uh, but then they're like, "Well, you need to sort of stay with us uh, more, more uh, full time." And mm-hmm. so they check him into a, um, a hospital, Abbott, uh, at, that is like um, uh, run by by monks right 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 the alexian yeah. brothers the alexian brothers and yeah, now we the alexian have brothers yeah. <laughs> yeah and we have two priests an old priest and a young priest uh-huh. and um my favorite character halloran who yes. is the um who's not a priest he's a priest in training yes and he's the one who uh was still alive uh, well into um the 2000s and was giving interviews and that kind of thing. right he appeared and, in in many of the documentaries and uh, right yeah, so we get we get like firsthand uh um Eyewitness testimony, I suppose. Testimony from him, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because everything before then had been sort of redacted, right, and been sort of like held, um, you know, to, to give Robbie Rowe, uh, Robbie Doe his uh, privacy. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But Halloran is my favorite, because not only because he um, lived long enough to tell the tale, but that in most of the tellings, um, his job is to sort of stand in, in the middle of Robbie and the priest, <laughs> and he gets punched in the nose all the time. <laughs> Oh, yes, folks. Yeah, we forgot to mention that. I, th- I think, yes, it, uh, it has already happened. Um, Mr. Halloran got punched in the face for his uh, for his trouble. Um, yeah. So, you know, devil gave him a broken nose. Yeah. yeah so whatever, mm-hmm. however terrible your internship is. 
<laughs> have you been punched in the nose by the devil over mm-hmm. and over again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go to this like um, statuary garden. That's the Stations of the Cross, right? Yes. Uh huh. And Robbie freaks out at which one? Um, at the uh, at the one where where uh, Jesus dies on the cross. So I uh-huh. believe that is twelve. And then so the priest in training, Halloran, mm-hmm. uh, chases after him, and they, uh, Robbie is on the edge of a cliff, a cliffhanger, if you will. Yes, it's a cliffhanger, or, or also could be a, a, a bluff hanger, because um, <laughs> we learned that that's what that is. It's a bluff, right? Um, it's like a gruff, but smaller. <laughs> <laughs> Not something that billy goats can, uh, can roll down. Well, I guess they could do it once. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, how does that do? How is that for previously on uh, the Robbie Rowe minute? That is that is perfect. You have you have very succinctly um, uh, uh, recapped our story, Keenan. Thank you so Phew. much. Great. Okay. So, actually, I want to start off with an event which other documentation says happens here, and so that's why I'm putting it here. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we go. So yeah, folks, the exorcism continues seemingly to no avail, right? We get more scratches appearing on Robbie's body. Aside from the picture of the devil and the word hell, the most notable one comes as they are commanding the demon to reveal itself. Uh, the priests ask how many demons are inside Robbie, and the answer comes in the form of a single jagged line scratched across Robbie's skin. At first, the priests assume that this means one. There is only one, right? (laughs) But then the priests ask when this demon is going to leave, and another slash perpendicular to the first one is made on the skin, forming an X. Now, there are a couple of interpretations here, one being that the demon won't leave, right? Like X, like, no, I'm not going to leave, right? Mm -hmm. Another being possibly that this could refer to the number 10, right? Like in Roman numerals, number 10, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then there's the question of what that even means, right? Is it an answer to the second question or is it the completed answer to the first question, right? Are there 10 demons or will the one demon leave in 10 days? <laughs> or will the 10 demons leave in one day or will the yeah. 10 demons leave in 10 days? Yes, right? <laughs> well, actually, one account even says that the priests were like kind of hopeful that it meant like 10 o'clock that day. <laughs> They're checking. It's like a might, golf game. You know it's like we might, we might get lucky here. Like this could be, like let's be positive, right? Like look on the bright side, yeah? Yeah, we got to leave. We got to uh, beat the traffic. Yeah, right? right? 10 o'clock, <laughs> 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Ten more Hail so, Marys? We don't know. <laughs> so it says one at first because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from the first or um, or actually for, the, for their, our second episode, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the scratches seem to coincide with uh, uh, giving the parents advice that Robbie would uh, benefit from. Like right. not no going to school. school. <laughs> no school. Go to St. Louis. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's like, oh, how many demons are in you? One. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Jesus, there's only one demon. I guess he can go to school on Monday. Ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get one day off of school for however many demons, right? <laughs> we are legion. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Now, now, folks, to 
like, this is what I mean. Cinematically, this is the perfect spot for this revelation, right? Mm -hmm. The the X here, right? After they tried everything else, right? They went to Georgetown Hospital. They went to St. Louis University Hospital. Go Billikens. Mm -hmm. We had probably the scariest, most cinematic moment so far with Satan standing before an image of Christ at the 12th station, right? Like Christ is on the cross. And just just like the demons in the Legion story, he runs for this treacherous cliff. Right, mm-hmm. taking Robbie with him, right, only to be caught just in time by Mr. Ba- uh, Mr. Halloran, right. Mm-hmm. So, if you're building up this story, what happens next? The devil announces that it's all going to end one way or another in ten days. This is it. Mm-hmm. This is the final countdown, right? And then to make it even more cinematic, what else is happening in ten days? The beginning of Holy Week. Now, Uh yeah, right? Now, just a quick rundown of of Holy Week. This is the week leading up to Easter Sunday. So you got Palm Sunday, Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday, Holy Wednesday, sometimes called Spy Wednesday. We're going to get to that. Mm. Um, Holy Thursday, sometimes uh, Maundy Thursday, which is Mm -hmm. uh, like uh, a mandatum, right? Like mandate means commands, you know, Mm -hmm. at the Last Supper. Um, And then you got Good Friday, Holy Saturday, also called Black Saturday, right? And that's the week leading up to Easter Sunday. So, yeah, folks, that's why I put this little thing here, like the, the, the 10 days or 10 demons, right? However, if we go by the dates of the diary, this event actually happened way earlier, right, on March 16th. And here's, here's a little excerpt right here. To the question of how many demons, a single line was scratched on R's right leg. There were at least four heavy brand marks in the form of an X. This impression may have indicated that the exorcism would take 10 days, or that the devil would depart at 10 o'clock. At least during the first days of the exorcism, the X had no significance. The markings on the legs seemed to be long scratches with no special meanings. Marks were made on the boy's body more than 25 different times during the course of the evening, each mark causing the boy to double up with pain. So yeah, so I wasn't sure exactly where to put this, so I made the cinematic choice, right? It's, yeah. it's going to end in 10 days, right? <laughs> um, however, again, if we go by uh, the dates in the diary, the countdown has already begun, and actually we are already in Holy Week, right? Wednesday, April 13th, is when Robbie tried to jump off the cliff, and I went back and I checked um, – what day that is in 1949, and that is Holy Wednesday, also known as Good Wednesday, and also, interestingly, Spy Wednesday, referring to the day that Judas made the deal. So, mm-hmm. also pretty cinematic here, right? So, uh, just to just to get uh, back in the mood, folks, just, just to kind of square that circle, the countdown has begun one way or another, and it will end soon. Holy Week has arrived, and on Spy Wednesday, Robbie's body betrays him mm-hmm. and tries to run off that cliff. Yeah, I've never heard that Spy Wednesday before. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. So yes, folks, Holy Week has arrived and there is no change. The next entry in the diary spans three days. Let's have a listen. Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, April 14th, 15th, 16th. R received Holy Communion from the hospital chaplain, Father Widman, on Thursday morning. The fathers arrived for prayers of exorcism in the evening. Rosary was continued by the brothers. There were no reactions before or after midnight on Thursday. The fathers were informed this night that Brother Rector purchased a new statue of Our Lady of Fatima and had it placed in a conspicuous spot on the first floor corridor of the hospital. It was dedicated to the Blessed Virgin with the petition that Our Lady of Fatima would intercede for R in his ordeal. The brothers promised community devotions to Our Lady of Fatima should R be spared from further affliction. No disturbances of any sort occurred on Holy Thursday, Good Friday, or Holy Saturday. 
are listened attentively to the Trey Ore Services broadcast over the WEW on Good Friday. Brother Rector bought a small colorful statue of St. Michael the Archangel. The statue was placed in Ars' room. It should be remarked here that one of the most effective prayers of exorcism was that dedicated to St. Michael. After midnight of Saturday, arrangements were made that Ars should be awakened for 6.30 communion and that he should attend the second mass in the Brothers' Chapel Easter morning. So, very interesting. Here we have the diary saying that nothing of note happened Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. And I think here we also get some conflicting stories. Um, I'm going to blame the documentaries here because one of them, the one where it set this ticking clock counting down to Holy Week, Mm -hmm. then proceeds to say something like, Holy Week arrived. Holy Thursday, no change. Good Friday, no change. Holy Saturday, no change. Which That's quite is quite a Bahal game. Yeah, right. And it like it's technically true, but they made it sound like the possession was like raging through Robbie with no end in sight. But where like uh-huh. what really happened was like according to the diary, it's like Thursday, nothing happened. Friday, nothing happened. Saturday, nothing happened. <laughs> They did go shopping for a new statue. They brought yeah, that. Did. It's not like nothing happened. Okay, Come yeah, on. Was, yeah, we got we got we got two new statues. We got um our Holy Lady of Fatima, which mm-hmm. I think like that is God. I should be a better Catholic about this, but like that's that's the Virgin Mary, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and she is she is a tribute. Like she's our Holy Lady of this, our Holy Lady of that, right? Like and and in this case, our Holy Lady of uh, Fatima. Um, yeah, this was this is the story of uh, the Virgin Mary appearing to children in Portugal at, at Fatima. Aha, uh-huh, there we go. Yes, yeah, so hmm. this would be, I, I believe, so when they say that, I believe what they're saying is like this is a uh, um, a specific representation of that appearance, which is, you know, different from other like, uh, um, uh, like, renaissance appearances of interesting that i I was i was listening to a podcast uh just yesterday talking about like um uh, christmas legends Mm -hmm. and they were talking about like in some places it's believed that not santa claus but uh the the christkind the christ child oh leaves you gifts and there was there was all this talk about psych like but like that's already happened. Like Christ is, you know, like he's been born, he's grown up, he's died and he's, you know, been resurrected. So mm-hmm. the Christ child, like, how does that work? Like in the, you know, like, is it, is it like time travel? Is it like this or that? But like, wait, what are you saying? Like, like, uh, he's, he's the child. Wait, why can't the child give gifts on Christmas? The baby Jesus. Uh huh. But like, doesn't that like the, the, <laughs> What's the trouble? You you obviously have less of a problem with this than I do. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not following what the trouble is. Because he's no longer a child. Oh, that he's... (laughs) Well, sure, he's he's 2,000 years old. Yeah, that's whatever. Well, okay, that's one one of the things, right? So you want him to appear as as 33-year-old Jesus if he's going to appear at all? No, I don't want him bringing gifts. That's Santa. (laughs) Everybody knows that Santa. Well, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. You know, uh, um, uh, taking pot shots at at other other Christmas traditions, but I'm just saying, right? Like, it's Santa, guys. Come on. Well, I, you know, it's very nice of Jesus to bring gifts for his birthday. <laughs> he gives you gifts. With, See, I, that, I yeah. think it's very nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I thought it. I thought you were saying like your. I thought your trouble was like, like he's like, oh my my presence is the real presence. You know. <laughs> No, what I'm trying to say is it it seems like this seems to be a very Catholic thing mm-hmm. where we have not just the the figure but like 
this is a representation of the figure at a specific time. Uh-huh. Right. So we'll have we'll have like statues like the one in this story. Like this isn't this isn't just the Virgin Mary. Well, I mean, right. like it is, but it right. is. This is specifically the Virgin Mary as she appeared to the children in Portugal, right? I, yeah, that's what I think that is. Yes. Yeah, and but we'll but we'll also have that. Like I've seen like candles and statues and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. it's like, um, it, like this is this is a candle of Jesus, but it's a specific event in Jesus's right. life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or it's like the Christ Child, right? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. and and that's just like. A thing that I'm still like as a Catholic trying to wrap my head around, and right. like admit it, like this seems to be a just a Catholic thing. So now I'm looking, uh, you know, I'm I'm on the outside looking in, and it's like, oh yeah, I can see why like other like denominations would be like, eh, it's like why is that a thing, right? Like this is like <laughs> because if you have a, a a candle of like 33 year old Jesus, mm-hmm. right, and then you have a candle of like the Christ Child, right, aren't they the same person? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. You only have three choices. You have the Christ child, you have the young, uh, the like the child Christ who is the rabbi in the temple, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you have 33-year-old Jesus, right? Those right. are the only options. Yeah, right. I think. That I know of, right? Yeah, or, I, know. I mean, well, you know, then the risen Christ, right? You know, that's, you know. Oh, I. How, what does he look? Yeah, does he look like... If I if I was crucified and risen and had all sorts of power, I'd come back as like, yeah, 21-year-old Keenan for sure. Yeah. And not not yeah, not 39-year-old Keenan. Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah, I would go come back. back in my prime, you know. Yeah, I would go back, you know, 33 to 35. I think I think those <laughs> I think those images are just like 33-year-old Jesus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, so you think your prime is just a couple years ago. Mm. And for me, no, cuz I'm saying like for me I'm like, oh, my prime is so it was like 20 years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're just like, okay, yeah, a couple years ago. So yeah, it was a couple like, years ago. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's nice. Yeah. So you're in a much better place mentally than me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you don't know that, Keenan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So we yes. got the we got the um, lady. All of that Fatima. to say, folks, neither of us are in our prime anymore. <laughs> right, yeah, we agree with that. <laughs> that that's with that's you. canonical. That's that's dogma. Yeah. All right. So we've gone and, and bought two statues, and that's all that's happened. Right. In these three days. Yeah. Yes. And oh, and yeah, and something of note, folks. Yeah. Um. So they they talk about they bring up Saint Michael here, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he like he, thematically he is linked with um defeating the devil, right? Famously casting him out of heaven. Like he's the one who um who who specifically got Satan, you know, out of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um. And there is a prayer. Let's see. Oh, Saint. Michael. I have it on the back of my medallion, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, um, okay, so it says, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Yeah, so pretty cool, pretty epic. Um, now, I have uh, a shortened version of that on the back of my little uh, amulet, and it basically says, like, oh, St. Michael, uh, uh, please help us to rise above um, our challenges. Mm-hmm. So interesting that, you know, you can take out, you know, like swap, like, the devil for, like, you know, our personal challenges and stuff like that. I kind of like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Okay, so yeah, folks. So, so if there was any confusion, right? The uh, the documentaries are saying it's like it's like oh, there was no change, right? Mm-hmm. But the diary actually says nothing happened in these three days, right? right? But okay, here's the thing, folks. We can't 
blame it all on the documentaries because something did happen according to Halloran, right? And again, like he is an eyewitness, we get firsthand eyewitness testimony from him. So in one of these documentaries, we have Halloran himself saying that on Holy Thursday, he asks Robbie if he knows about Holy Thursday, right? Robbie says no. So Halloran begins talking about Holy Thursday, the Last Supper, and there comes a point when Robbie asks him to stop, and he lifts up the legs of his pajamas, and there are these fresh welts and scratches running across his leg, right? Um, also on his stomach and chest, right? So the indication seems to be that that uh, even when someone is talking to Robbie about Jesus, um, the devil is like slashing him. The devil won't allow Halloran to talk about uh, Jesus or won't allow Robbie to to hear about it. Right. right. So, you know, I'm pretty clear about what I think is going on is that mm-hmm. Robbie is faking it um, mm-hmm. and that the the evidence required to convince you otherwise is not quite there. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, this this kind of thing where Halloran is alive after these diaries are written uh, and is saying that this is he saw this. I mean, that's that's pretty compelling, I suppose. And right. Um, and then, you know, if. And we're not if, questioning Halloran's. Um, I don't think he's faking. No, 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 no. If he believes what Robbie is saying, yes, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. I, I tend to believe the interpretation that these priests were, as as Body talks about in the book, right, like um, that these priests might be influencing the child, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and vice versa. And it's a feedback loop. And, and, right. It might be like like one of those like um, what do you call it like symbiotic things, right? Right. Like exactly. where where each of them is kind of like fueling the other one. Right. Right. Because things things with Robbie ramp up as more strangers come around. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So it's, it's not this stuff isn't happening until the priests get there, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. but I mean, this is pretty compelling stuff. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, if Halloran says he saw these things, I mean, that's quite that's pretty persuasive. And mm-hmm. it does cut against my idea that Robbie is faking it to get out of school, because as the priests are saying it, right, Robbie is um, asking for religious instruction and wants to mm-hmm. become a Catholic. And he's going through all the uh, all the steps to convert to Catholicism. Um, so that I don't know if if what would we, like take my premise for a second that Robbie is faking it. OK, like how why how would this how would this work? Right. Like, are you you're you're asking for more talk about Jesus so that you can have an excuse to manifest more more demon stuff. Well, okay, and again, you know, devil's advocate here. Yeah. Um, and like the irony being the the playing devil's advocate <laughs> and the side of the devil's advocate is that there is no devil. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, so so going on going on on your idea, Keenan, mm-hmm. I would say, well, that sounds like an amazing cinematic experience that mm-hmm. I'm creating. Mm-hmm. Like, because like I can, I can say, oh, I want to hear more. I want mm-hmm. to like receive communion right. and then I can, you know, consciously or unconsciously do these things to myself. And it's like, wow, what a story like that I'm making, you know, like, like I'm, right. I'm the center of this, like, like movie essentially. Right. Oh uh, yeah. Mm. That's really interesting. Yeah. From your, um, theater kid background that's what mm-hmm. yeah you're like oh no yeah if we're gonna do this um this hoax we got to make it we've got to give them the old razzle dazzle yeah <laughs> right? this is this is yes ending on a biblical scale <laughs> right okay that's very interesting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah so so good friday comes and goes holy saturday comes and goes easter sunday comes and goes hmm, that's your big moment robbie that, that is right like i get so maybe okay 
a devil's advocate again, except now this is the devil's advocate that the devil is real. <laughs> That's the problem with the devil's advocate. <laughs> he, he, <there's>, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have any kind of moral grounding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what He's, your problem is, devil's advocate? <laughs> equal opportunity advocate here, right? Um, which is the best kind of advocate. Well, no. Um, but yeah, no, no. Like what I'm, what I'm saying is that if this were like a cinematic, like, like epic experience that I was creating, mm-hmm. I would choose – Easter Sunday, absolutely to be the to be the day, right? right. Yeah, so like Laddie chooses Mother's Day for the end of our story. Like, yes, exactly, right? So that, like, like you know, when you're when you're creating this fantasy in your head, you think about those things. So, so yeah, so here's what here's what it says for Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday, April seventeenth. Father Widman, hospital chaplain, made three unsuccessful attempts to give our Holy Communion in his room. After some waiting and slapping of R, the fourth attempt succeeded. Brother Theophany, who was on nurse duty in R's room, was reading the Office of the Blessed Virgin. It was about 6.45 a.m. When he came to the Regina Kaili, R jumped out of bed, then grabbed the office book from the brother and reached for the scapular from the brother's habit, which was placed on a nearby chair. R fought and spit at the brother and trampled the scapular underfoot in an Indian war dance. The devil said, I will not let him go to mass. Everyone thinks it will be good for him. It was impossible to get R to the chapel because of his frequent seizures. Father Bowdern was called to the hospital, and shortly after his arrival, the spell was broken. There was no further reaction until evening. In the evening, R was spending a little time with brothers outside the hospital. Brother Emmett was escorting R back to the basement floor of the hospital when R went into a fighting spell. The brother was alone and shouted for help, but it was some time before the other brothers heard. Brother Emmett was quite exhausted from the struggle. R was carried to the elevator and placed in his fifth floor room. The fathers immediately began the prayers of exorcism, and the usual indications of violence continued. The devil showed his power again by saying that he would have R awaken and ask for a knife. He had threatened to kill those who molested him while in his seizure. When R came out of the spell, he asked for a knife so that he might cut an Easter egg. A little later, the devil said that he would have R awaken and ask for a drink of water, and R carried out the plan. There was no response to the Precipio, except taunting remarks to the exorcists. Everyone, including R, was becoming weary of the long performance. R did not begin to sleep until midnight. The fathers left the hospital at 12.45 a.m. And that is everything for the entry for Easter Sunday, the last day of Holy Week. Holy Week has come and gone, and Robbie is still possessed. Keenan, what do we make of this entry here? Yeah, I wonder what he's waiting for, or... Mm. The devil is waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, maybe we, maybe we want it so badly to happen on Easter. It's so it'd be so great, and mm-hmm. the devil has other plans, I suppose. Yeah, the devil says he's going to get a knife, and then they give him a knife. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. First of all, that's a problem, I suppose. The devil's well, like, yeah. like uh, Robbie needs knife. Mm-hmm. Robbie want knife, and then they yeah. give him a knife. Well, okay, like see, see, you're actually making it even more dramatic than. <laughs> Because what happened it's is It's Easter, man. It's gotta what, be. We gotta amp this drama up a little. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, like what what happened was mm-hmm. the devil said, Robbie is asleep now, but when he wakes up, I I, I mean, he <laughs> will ask for a knife. Right. And then Robbie's like, Oh, oh boy. <laughs> what happened? Hey, can I have a knife? Right. But then the brothers and Fathers Bowdern and, and Bishop and, and, and Mr. Halloran, they're like, oh, he did exactly what the devil said he was going to do, right? <laughs> he asked for a knife and the devil said he was going to ask, you know. And then Robbie does it again. He or, or the devil says he's going to ask for water. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Robbie wakes up and he asks for water. And again, 
just like just like saying I don't know the you know the the words to a song and then mm-hmm. singing it. This is if if we're going by again devil's advocate, but this is the devil's <laughs> advocate that there is no devil. I can say I am the devil, mm. not Robbie, mm-hmm. but Robbie's going to ask for a knife, and then I and then I wake up as Robbie and I ask for a knife. Mm-hmm. That's pretty easy to do. <laughs> Yeah, you did it right here on the show. Yeah, <laughs> we saw it. Yeah, I, I was just hoping. Or he was did gonna... I? <laughs> or is there another co-host with you right now, Ken? Oh God! Yeah, I, I thought he might be MacGyvering something. Like now he gets the glass and he gets the knife and he makes he makes a bomb out of it or something. It right. blows the door to the uh, <laughs> the hospital. See, folks, open. we can't help <laughs> try to like make this like into a movie, like, right? Yeah, Robbie um, needs Robbie needs a, a chunk of metal sodium. Yeah, Whoa, what? Well, we better give it to him when he wakes up. <laughs> he makes a little bomb out of it and blows it up. I need one red sock, <laughs> a mouse trap piece. Oh God, they're everywhere. <laughs> they're all over. Those me. are those are easy to find. Yeah, <laughs> um, even before the game was invented, it's still littered all over the place. Right. Yeah, the guy who invented mousetrap just, he had a meeting, he, he overslept, right? And he wakes yeah. up, he's like, oh, God, I have to pitch a board game. <laughs> what do I got around the house? Oh, give me one of these. Give me, give me a, a fishnet and uh, yeah. <laughs> give me a, a bed spring. All right. Oh, God. Oh, no, I was I was, I was, was implying that the game mousetrap with all its little plastic pieces mm. is so insidious that it spans time and space. Yes, exactly. It is yes. It is both the 33-year-old mousetrap and the baby mousetrap all at once. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, here's something that, um, as a skeptic who's reading mm-hmm. this diary mm-hmm. and and you know can look at some of the ways that they're they're quoting this story, which is mm-hmm. a little bit after the fact, right? And some inconsistencies or things that I wish were clear. So they say that uh, the devil says, "I will not let him go to mass." Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, if if the devil says that, I want to be really really sure that that's what the devil is saying. That's not a paraphrase. Right. Because for a Lutheran little boy who has just started going to church, mm-hmm. I mean, I've never heard a child say, I want to go to mass, or I don't want to go to mass, I want to go to mass. They say church, right? Oh, okay. Interesting. So, like, that is, that's specific. Like, that sounds like it's written by a priest. Uh-huh. So, the question is, like, is that the priest paraphrasing, or is that literally what the devil said? And that would, that would matter to me. Mm, so the right? priests don't necessarily know that they that that matters. I would say. Interesting. Yeah. Be, like like yeah, and in our book, right? Like mm-hmm. the 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 choice of words and the style of mm-hmm. of like how you put words together, like is an indicator that there's another personality inside you talking, right? Right. right. And so yeah, the just the the simple uh, swapping of church and mass, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this is why in in the in the book, it's nice that we have a tape recorder that Father Karras can can yeah. use and get that specifically, right? As because mm-hmm. as a right because as opposed to okay. Um, I, I have someone who is either possessed by the devil or tricking me or mm-hmm. going through some psychiatric um, um, emergency, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those, are, I suppose, are the three options. Right. Um, right. So, like, me me remembering what they say and reporting back to you tends to be colored by what I think is happening, right? Yes. So, I yeah. mean, that, that, is, that, is the, that is the downside of doing this type of work and putting, putting um, Robbie in, a, in an entirely um, – 
an entirely sacred uh, uh, hospital, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, like there's no secular people here. Right. Um, yes. In the the, room all as well. of the people, like even even Mr. Halloran, right, is right. is a priest in training, right? So right. so they might already be disposed to 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 color the situation in a certain way. Right. Yeah. The the nurse is a priest who comes mm-hmm. in and helps them, right? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, there's nobody who who is not seeing this as this is the devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So okay. The next day in the diary is Monday, the day after Easter. Now, this- We, we and- call that Easter Monday at my house. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wait, is that a thing? Hang on. <laughs> yeah. Easter Monday. That is absolutely a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why? I don't know. Because so, you it's, get the day off. It's after Easter. Because <laughs> you used to get the day off, so my parents oh. call it Easter, Easter Monday. That's a good point. Yes, Okay. <laughs> So that's a very, very important day. <laughs> I am 100% for, for Easter Monday, actually, right? As is the devil. No school on Easter Monday. Yes, Robbie, it's 1949 in America. There is yes. no school on Easter Monday. Yes, well, for well, anyone. Well, good. Yeah. I have commanded thee. <laughs> My plan is working. Has worked. <laughs> will work. Will work. All right, devil. Let's take you to go take a nap here. <laughs> no naps. <laughs> the devil is not tired. The devil mere. <laughs> he looks like a little angel when he's sleeping. <laughs> oh, I can't get mad at the devil when he's when he's sleeping like that. He's looking now. He's now he's chasing rabbits. Oh, little feet kicking. Oh, little hooves. Sorry. But yeah, so um, so yeah, so the next is, I guess, yeah, you call it um, Easter Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so now this entry is different from all the rest in that it is broken up into smaller entries on the quarter hour and half hour marks. Mm-hmm. So like the the first one is eight a.m., the second one is eight fifteen. So this is new. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, let's uh, let's have a listen. Monday, April eighteenth, eight a.m. R woke in a spell, kicking at the brother at the bedside. He jumped out of bed, seized the holy water bottle, threatened to throw it at the brothers, then sprinkled water toward them. Finally, he threw the bottle over their heads, smashing it against the ceiling. 8.15 a.m. Father Widman attempted to give R communion. It was impossible. Spitting. Unable to make even spiritual communion. Made one spiritual communion. The devil then seized him and said that one devil was out, and that R had to make nine communions, sacramental or spiritual apparently and then he would leave his body. R continued for an hour, unable to make spiritual communion or to receive the sacrament. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So that kind of goes back to the question of whether X means 10 days or 10 demons, Mm -hmm. right? So receiving the spiritual communion apparently drove one of them out. Now, I had never heard of spiritual communion. Right. Um, So I looked it up. Apparently, it is defined as being, quote, of value to anyone who desires a deeper union with Christ. It can be made at any time of the day or night. It is especially appropriate for those who find themselves unable to physically Mm -hmm. receive the Eucharist. Um, And there's even a prayer for it. uh, It says, my Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Hmm. Interesting. So I had never heard of this. I, like, I, I read an article uh, that this was the preferred method during the pandemic. 
Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now that I think of it, it, like it must've been around for a long time because yeah, like there are instances where you either can't physically be there or you can't physically take solid food. So right. yeah, I'm glad this is a thing. Yeah. That's really, you know, that's really, really pretty, um, you know, I, I'm, I don't have faith, but that, that, you know, sometimes the poetry of that is just so beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually to my heart. That's really beautiful. Yeah. So, but like, yeah, all, all that to say, yeah. Um, yeah, apparently this communion, the spiritual communion worked on Robbie. It drove one of the devils out. Mm-hmm. Right? Hmm. Um, so then, next, uh, next entry is at 10 a.m. There were more spells when attempting spiritual communion. R was able to say, I wish to receive you. That is all the priest attempted to have him say since it was sufficient. The devil laughed and said, that isn't enough. He has to say one more word. One little word. I mean, one big word. He'll never say it. He has to make nine communions. He'll never say that word. I am always in him. I may not have much power always, but I am in him. He will never say that word. Several spells. Violence. Singing. Urination. Okay, so this is the part that has always fascinated me about this story. Robbie himself has to say a word. It has to come from his mouth. We talked with Father David Mowry about the the uh, soul and the will of the possessed. And in our book, at least, it seems that the possessed is completely innocent. But Father David was talking about how, like in real possession cases, the way you eventually get to the possession stage is kind of by being friends with the demon to the point where like you let him in, right? Mm-hmm. And in that sense, you're kind of like going along with what he's doing in whilst inside you, right? Am I remembering this correctly or am I horribly misquoting our friend here? I think that's right. Yes. Mm, right. So you're all already kind of like in a position to like you're in that mindset, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So all, all that to say, again, folks, I'm I'm trying to spin this in, as a cinematic story here, right? Like there are there are three ways you can spin this. Robbie will never say the word because I won't let him say it, right? That's one. He doesn't know it, so this is like a Rumpelstiltskin situation, hmm. right? Or And this is the most interesting to me. Robbie won't say the word because he doesn't want to. And this is just me, but if I were retelling this and I were trying to make it cinematic, I would choose number three, that Robbie is at least partially on the devil's side. Like like this is an abusive friendship, right? Where the devil lies to him and says, like, no, you need me. These people are bad for you. I'm the one who's trying to help you. And so now we take the devil's line to mean like he knows the word to get me out, but he won't say it. Mm. I, I, I have him so under my thumb that he won't dare say it, right? And again, like I'm thinking of this as a story. Like, wouldn't it be great if in the end, Robbie was able to like stand up for himself and stand up to the devil. And he was the one who cast the devil out by saying that word, right? Mm-hmm. I, again, I'm not quite sure what is in it for either the devil to tell them that there's a a code that gets this over with. Like, I'm not sure mm-hmm. why the devil wants that. The mm-hmm. devil is very theatrical, as you say, as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the original theater kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I'm not sure if Robbie is faking it, what what the point is of this as well, of of you've exercised one of the uh, one, one of the 10 demons instead of like, oh, that's it, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to keep doing this nine times, and then even if you do do it another more nine times, then 
there's another special bonus round to it? Well, I think you just touched on it, Keenan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think whether or not we believe this is Robbie or the devil, they're both theater kids. <laughs> right? We could say we could say that because like like how how awesome is this? Like we've 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 set the countdown, 10 mm-hmm. days, right? <laughs> right? And now we've said it's like all that needs to be said, just one little word. I mean, what I mean, that's a theater line right there too, right? <laughs> one little word, I mean one big word, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Like that's that's really like the devil like if we're believing that the devil said that, mm-hmm. Right. And not Robbie. Then then he is also a, like very theatrical, like you say. Right. Like both of them, no matter how you look at this, both of them are creating this grand climax. Right. They're right. building up to it. Right. So let's get back to our diary. Right. We still have some more entries. 1130 a.m. R said he was very hungry and wanted a bath and food. We put him off until noon, then gave him a tray, cake, ice cream, milk. R threw the glass against the wall, scattering broken glass all over violence, intermittent until about 1.30 p.m. R was very discouraged and disgusted and mean. In the afternoon, the brothers brought R a serving of chipped beef and arranged R's tray on a little table in his room. R picked up the plate, ran over to the window, held the plate in an almost perpendicular manner in the palm of his hand, and dared the brothers to step closer. One of the brothers crawled under the bed to catch R at his feet. The other circled the bed to restrain R's arms, but the plate was fired mightily against the opposite wall. No one was hurt, but the plate was broken to bits. On the trip to the hospital, on this evening, the fathers had decided that in the Principio, Father Bowdern would ask for the responses in English. Moreover, the medals were to be left on R in spite of his protests to the contrary. This was to be placed in R's hand when he was under his spells. These resolutions were discussed and carried out because of the information gathered from the reading concerning several other cases of possession. Father Bowdern, Paul Flaherty, and Bishop arrived at the hospital at 7 p.m. Father Van Roo had been with R during the greater part of the day, but was relieved by the brothers shortly before the evening meal. R asked to telephone his mother, but on his way to the telephone, he went into a spell and had to be carried back to his room in a fighting mood. Father Bowden read the rite of exorcism quietly. When he came to the words, to Fisquera Regas, he blessed R with the signs of the cross. He repeated the expressions perfectly and asked their meaning. Several times later, he repeated the Latin. The signs of the cross and the crucifix were very effective. R fought hard when the crucifix was forced into his hand. In one instance, R threw the crucifix out of his hand. Next, Father O'Flaherty began teaching R the first half of the Ave Maria in Latin, because R had expressed a real interest in Latin. In the space of 15 minutes, R could recite a good portion of the prayer, unassisted. After the memory lesson, Father O'Flaherty told R the complete story of Our Lady of Fatima, to which R paid strict attention. A little later, he asked for a Catholic reader containing eighth-grade prose and poetry, and then thumbed through several stories as he sat in bed. Finally, in a boyish way, he took to balancing the book on his knees and on his head. R went into a spell while he held the book on his knees, and immediately the book was thrown into the corner of the room. From 9.30 until 10 p.m., R was in and out of seizures. R was more cooperative this night than he had ever been before. He felt that he had to pray whenever he was out of his seizure. He asked whether he could make spiritual communions on his own, and he wondered whether, through his prayers, he himself could bring on spells at different times. Whenever he became normal, he reverted to prayer. He stated several times that he saw more light each time he went into a spell. The light seemed to be at the end of a dark tunnel. R complained several times that the metals on his neck were hot and asked that they be removed, but the metals were not taken off. Father Bowdern forced a small reliquary crucifix into R's hand when he was in a spell. 
The reaction to the medals and the cross was exceptional. When Father Widman blessed R with his ordination crucifix and asked R to kiss the image, R went into a spell. During all the above seizures, Father Bowdern continued the Precipio and asked that the response be given in English. This procedure was a change from the regular routine. In the commands up to this time, Latin had been used. While Father Bowdern used the Precipio, Father Bishop recited over and over again the exorcism prayer. Whew. Okay, so what do we make of this entry? This is the longest entry, and there's not another one until 10 p.m. So until this X is like p.m. until X p.m. <laughs> so this is most of the day. We right. we have some times scattered throughout, but they seem to like flow one into the other rather than like this is what happened at this time. This mm. is what happened at this time, right? Yeah, and they're you know reporting on every everything, Robbie. I mean, this is the kind of thing you would you would want more of, right? Where they're going through mm. what's a typical day like, and yes, mm. he has these these fits, but sometimes he's very clearly a little boy playing with mm. the the reader uh, the reader book, and right. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the kind of thing we would want. You'd you'd want something that was like every hour of the day. I mean, to prove mm-hmm, that this mm-hmm. was really um uh, you know a possession. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's like I I almost wonder about this just because like. Because I always have to remember when we're when we're looking at these um, uh, these these diary entries, mm-hmm. like I have to think as like okay, the person is writing this after the fact, right? right? Mm-hmm. They found some time, some time has passed, and now they are at their desk and they are writing this down from memory, right? right? And the other entries are a little bit different in that, like there, it's like the relating of a whole day, right? But with this one, it's it's almost like. Like I can, I can almost see Father Bishop like running back to to like jot something down mm-hmm. because he doesn't want to miss it. Like right. this, this happened at ten a.m. This happened at ten fifteen a.m. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yeah, I mean, so it's 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 in the right direction, but like, okay, so at the very beginning of it, Robbie uh, is given a kind of a treat: cake and ice cream and a glass of milk. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he, they say, he smashes the the glass away. Right? Mm-hmm, Did yeah. he eat the cake and ice cream? That matters. I, <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, that, that really, really matters, right? If you're looking at if Robbie is like, uh, I ate, uh, you know, the devil is, give me the cake, give me the ice cream, no milk, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. like that. That that is that's very different from you know what you could uh, assume here is that they give him a special treat and he doesn't eat any of it and throws it against the wall, but it doesn't, right. it doesn't say that. It just says that he smashed the glass. Interesting. Okay. See, I I even overlooked that. Right. Like I like in in my mind, I already spun this as like, oh no, the devil is like keeping him from taking sustenance, right? <laughs> right. Like, but that's not what it says, right? I mean, it, um, that yeah. So that, anyways, that does matter quite a lot. Whether he's yeah. whether I mean, so they're are you kind of they ignoring the times when Robbie is like, or the devil is saying, I don't want chipped beef, which is dry. You know, I don't want uh, midwestern forties uh, food. <laughs> right, I don't want chip. I, while you were talking, about it, I looked up what chip, chip beef was, and it's sort of like uh-huh. a dried, a dried canned meat, and then it's usually huh. so dry that you have to um, finish it with cream of mushroom, right, to make it sort of rehydrated. Oh, hmm. don't say like you want to eat it. <laughs> you don't want to eat it. You Google chip beef. All right, I'm going to Google chip beef. And you tell me if a couple of priests come in after they gave you cake and ice cream, and they give you chipped beef, whether you would eat it. I mean, well, I mean, you're asking me. I would eat. <laughs> Just about anything. <laughs> yeah, it looks like uh, like salami almost. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, yeah, it's like salami. It's like salami. Yeah. You want? But no, I you're, you're boss, absolutely right. You want like, I should throw this chip beef against the wall? <laughs> and this glass of milk. I'll have my cake and I'll eat it too. <laughs> but I don't want no milk. I don't know if you could do that, Muggsy. It sounds like an impossible contradiction. 
Hey. This is, uh, you know, this is a hearsay. No, no, that's heresy. Oh. Yeah, chick beef. Yeah. Like beef jerky, right? Like beef jerky, yes, for dinner <laughs> that they have to rehydrate with cream of mushroom on it. True. Okay. Mm, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it uh, said nothing about cream cream of mushroom. Yeah. No. And it's served mm. by by Abbott's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I don't know. Again, like the best the best hospital food here in Las Vegas is at the Catholic mm-hmm. Hospital. But yeah. still, I don't know if these if these um brothers and monks uh, you know, cook their chip beef very well. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, so it's this is an interesting entry because it takes us through the for the full day, basically, right? Like right, yeah. eleven thirty. And sometimes Robbie is okay and sometimes he's not. And it gives a fuller picture of what this feels like just like a regular day as opposed to one where where a demon is successfully exercised or right. or some new some new iteration of this has happened. Um, uh, everything that, that Robbie has done here, he's done before. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. this really is like, okay, this is like what a typical day in the exorcism of Robbie Doe is like. Right. It yeah, I man, yeah, you no, you're absolutely right. Like I was I was kind of like in my mind, I was like, oh no, like we're running out of time because mm-hmm. like he's not he's not the devil's not letting him eat mm-hmm. now or drink, right? Hmm. Well, okay, so the next thing that happens is pretty spectacular. So Mm -hmm. let's have a listen. 10.45 p.m. The most striking event of the evening occurred. R was in a seizure, but lay calm. In clear, commanding tones and with dignity, a voice broke into the prayers. The following is an accurate quotation. Satan, Satan, I am Saint Michael, and I command you, Satan, and the other evil spirits to leave the body in the name of Dominus. Immediately, now, now. Now, then there were the most violent contortions of the entire period of exorcism. That is, since March 16th. Perhaps this was the fight to the finish. Father O'Flaherty and the brothers were weary and sore physically from the exertion. After seven or eight minutes of violence, R, in a tone of complete relief, said, He's gone. Immediately, R came back to normal and said he felt fine. R now explained what he saw. He said there was a brilliant white light, and in that light stood a very beautiful man, with flowing wavy hair that blew in the breeze. He wore a white robe that fitted close to his body. The material gave the impression of scales. Only the upper half of the body of this man was visible to R. In his right hand, he held up a wavy and fiery sword in front of him. With his left hand, he pointed down to a pit or cave. R said he saw the devil standing in the cave. R felt the heat from the cave and saw the flames. First, the devil fought, resisting the angel and laughing diabolically. Then, the angel smiled at R and spoke but R heard only the one word, Dominus. As the angel spoke, the devil and about ten of his helpers ran back into the fire of the cave or pit. After the devil disappeared, the letters SPITE appeared on the bars of the cave. As the devils disappeared into the pit, R felt a pulling or tugging in the region of his stomach. As the devils disappeared, he felt a snapping and then felt relaxed completely. He said that this was the most relaxed feeling he had since the whole experience began in January. R related his visual experience at 11 p.m. This time was approximate to the time that the manifestations of the devil began in Cardge City, Maryland, on the evening of January 15th, 1949. Okay, so that's it. That is our that is our um, that is our uh, climactic ending mm-hmm. right here. What do we think of this? Um, in some ways, anticlimactic, right? Because mm. the devil has made some promises, devil story-wise, mm-hmm. that have not right. played out. Hmm. So, wait, so wait, 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 what are those promises? That, that he, there were 
nine more demons in him and you'd have to oh, yes. sort of, <laughs> and that the way to get out was for Robbie to say the word what is the word dominus dominus yeah but isn't the devil saying that it's it's actually saint michael so saint so, michael comes into Robbie yes yes um saint michael kind of like takes control of Robbie mm-hmm. and like in the voice of St. Michael, but like coming out of Robbie's mouth, mm-hmm. he says the word that needs to be said. Okay, so said. that counts from yeah. the devil's prophet. Okay, okay. Uh, that right. that didn't that didn't quite uh, line up for me, but uh, mm. but if you say so, Robbie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, because how, how when the devil? Yeah, I don't know about this devil. I think he's being tricky here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, when the devil says something, it's not Robbie; it's the devil. But when St. Michael right. says it in Robbie, it's still Robbie. Yeah, this. See, Kenan, this was like <laughs> when I first heard about this story, uh-huh. I was like, "Wow, what an epic ending!" Right? Saint Michael well, comes to the yeah, rescue. No, it and, certainly yeah. is. Absolutely. Yeah, but no, like you're 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 talking to like story structure wise. Yeah, it is kind of like it's like well, it's technically not Robbie who says it. Yes, that's that's counter to what the demon promised me. <laughs> right. But then, I mean, if we're talking about like you know, the demon can make all the promises he wants. Right. My, you know, St. Michael can come in and, you know, flip the chessboard, mm-hmm. basically. Right. It's like, all right, this is enough. Like, you know, there, Dominus, are you happy, devil? Get out of here. Okay, so if this just were... Just by the ear and just like, yeah. <laughs> if this were a story, you know, because Blatty mm-hmm. has adapted this and, and does make it more, you know, narrative. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the idea of like rising action, right? So we have one demon who's out and then we have nine all gotten rid of plus the devil. Mm-hmm. At the end, that seems a little unbalanced, right? Right. Yeah. So, like, like from a from a story perspective, yeah, I would I would have been happier if it was just one. That's what Laddie did, right? And that, yeah, right. There was only one, right? <laughs> right. Made that easier. And then, um, you know, in the story, Blatty, I guess we haven't gotten there in the in, mm-hmm. in our podcast yet. But in yeah. the story, um, they're able to in the book, right? In the book, yeah, they're able to defeat the uh, the demon by sacrificing themselves. Like, there's something that happens, right? So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. why I was saying, it, you know. Both like Father Bishop probably has the most complete diary entry the day after it's done because he's like, oh, I got to write all of this down because it's important. Mm-hmm. That's why it's the it's the most scientific, right? It has like mm-hmm. down to the hour almost, and certain things that are happening, even though it's not all the way there. Right. Um, because he's remem- because he knows it's it's the day before or the day of the exorcism that works, right? Mm. Yeah, but there's nothing that actually um, there's no reason that we are given for why this day amongst all other days, right? Hmm. Like, And it's Monday. It's the day after <laughs> what you would think is... is Yeah, yeah, all those things. So, you know, Blatty, Blatty fixes that. He makes it Mother's Day, which is a Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, very, very good. Yeah, yeah. Needs some, need some work. Needs some workshop in here, devil. Mm, yeah, right. What do you think of the um, the addition of the divine intervention? This, mm-hmm. this was the thing that I wanted to get your opinion on, right? As like, opposed to so, Blatty, huh? Yeah, as opposed to what Blatty did where right. he had the priests sacrificing themselves, right? Because right? mm-hmm. when, when I was growing up, like my first impression was that I kind of liked this. I liked, mm-hmm. uh, you know, St. Michael stepping in right. and, you know, coming to the rescue. And, so, you know, and I and I love our book as well. Um, and, and I'm kind of like going back and forth on, on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you what do you think? Um, yeah, they just have very different ideas there. This is uh, this makes the most sense to me. Mm. Like if the, that if this were real, that this is how it would have to happen, right? That like the right. priest can do everything that they can, but um, there's limits to that because you need it. You need in the Catholic doctrine, right? You need both faith and good works, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, the right. the extra mile is carried by the man, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. The man mm-hmm. upstairs, I mean. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Who, whom, you know, St. Michael is acting on behalf yes. of, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, folks, that's, that, is, that is the climax of this story. And so we have one more entry by, uh, by the fathers and then one more follow-up, which I don't think was written by them. Um, but let's have, a, let's have a listen to this. So the first one, Tuesday, April 19th. R was awakened from a heavy sleep and taken to the chapel where he attended the first Holy Mass since he became a Catholic. He likewise received Holy Communion at the altar rail with no difficulty. R promised to say ten rosaries in thanksgiving to Our Lady of Fatima during the course of the day. Since Monday at 11 p.m., there have been no indications of the presence of the devil. And this is dated the Feast of St. Mark, April 25th, 1949. And then we have one more follow-up. This is August 19th, 1951. And it says, R and his father and mother visited the brothers. R, now 16, is a fine young man. His father and mother also became Catholic, having received their first Holy Communion on Christmas Day, 1950. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you'd have to after that, right? Yeah. <laughs> now the whole family is Catholic, mm-hmm. right? Whoops, all Catholic. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how that would be if if Robbie is saved by the by the mm. priest and mom and dad are like, we're still Lutherans. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, folks. Um, now, yeah, I wanted to, I was wondering um, what to do here, whether or not like we, you know, we have like another little discussion about like what we think really happened, but we've sort of like peppered that throughout. Oh, yeah. Let's just right? let's just talk through a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what do we think? What do we what do we what do we got here, Keenan? Well, I don't want to be just a wet blanket. So I, I do mm. want to point out that like like I could see why this would be such a compelling story for uh, mm. for Blatty or other people who are listening to it afterwards to want to know mm. more mm-hmm. about. And um, it's interesting to see what Blatty has chosen. That's you know. The exact same, and then what he's done that he's adapted and and made it right. his own, and you know made it more of a story. What do you think about the idea? And I, I, I'm sure people ask Blighty this all the time, right? About mm-hmm. changing it from a little boy to a little girl. I I've wondered about that as well. Um, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. I think Blatty went to it was either Father Bishop or Father Bowder mm-hmm. asking permission, or perhaps uh, just trying to get more information. Mm-hmm of the case so that he could write his book. And in the course of the conversation between uh, the priests and Blatty, mm-hmm. it was stated that Blatty had to um, change it up enough. Oh, I see. So that people yeah. can, can't track it back to, again, the real Robbie Rowe is is a real mm-hmm. person. So right, exactly. he either suffered, um, well, there, I guess there's three things again. Mm-hmm. He either suffered a real possession by devil, uh, the devil mm-hmm. and, and demons and went through this mm-hmm. terrible ordeal. And, and Or he was um, suffering a psychiatric break and was... Uh, oh, again, I, I, you know, the priests were trying to do what they thought was best, but he might've been suffering a psychiatric break and then having that reinforced by, uh, being treated by priests. And then, um, ultimately came out of that because of the, uh, service by the priests or he was faking mm-hmm. it. And either one of those, um, would be something that if I were the real Robbie, Robbie Doe, I wouldn't want people knocking at my door, right. Coming around right. and seeing me and like asking me what happened either. Like, 
if you were faking it, which again is what I think happened. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a 14 year old boy, and I'm I'm doing all this mess. And uh, you know, by the time I'm 30 or or 40, when uh, Blighty's writing this, man, I'm embarrassed about that, right? Mm, right. So you don't want that information getting out, right? Right. So like, so okay. yeah. But it is one of those things that in the narrative of it, people are like, oh, you know, we 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 track down the real. <laughs> we're not mm-hmm. saying his real name, right? On on this podcast, um, did we? Well, no, we haven't said we haven't said this. I mean, you know, he's he's passed away now, but yeah, but like he has passed away. And it like he has I think we can say this, mm -hmm. but like he has gone on to uh, or he had gone on Mm -hmm. to uh, work at NASA. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, he was he was working over there. um, And uh, so. So, yeah. So by all accounts, um, after this, he was able to to lead a normal, healthy life right. and, and a pretty successful life, right? Working at NASA, so yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if I, yeah, I wouldn't want if that's that's part of the story, right? Is that like af- especially after Blatty writes the book, people go and try to find this guy and bother him, mm-hmm. and he clearly right. wants to be left alone. And then when they yes. when he wants to be left alone, they're like, oh, see, that's evidence that he was possessed, right? Um, mm. And it's not it's evidence of either one of those three things, right? Like it's right. not it's not like it's evidence that. A lot of stuff happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that in and of itself isn't like proof that that of any of those three outcomes. Like right. I could see any of those three branches being like this guy. Like, please don't talk to me about this. Like, because he yes. could have come out and written his own book and made a lot of money, mm-hmm. and yeah, he clearly right? didn't like, want that. Yes, right. Like, and and that's yeah, that's that's another testament. Like, if he really, really wanted to kind of, um, I guess, capitalize mm-hmm. off of this, right? And that's actually that's a, that's a really good point, Keenan. Like, this is this is a rare occurrence where something this um this this big and this mysterious happens mm-hmm. and the one person like who is at the center of it all is like i don't want to talk about it at right. all like to the point of like i you know my name has changed and i've i've gone somewhere else and like you know like like don't don't bother me about mm-hmm. this don't talk to me about this right? he doesn't leave a diary at least that we know about he hasn't left a diary to his uh, family you know right. for, oh after i die here is what really happened or any of that like right. he, he he wants it he wanted it to be gone or else he would have left yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. So it's really interesting. Yeah. He's one of the most uh, famous little boys in America <laughs> mm-hmm. and just wants to be left alone. Right. Yeah. And his name, like, um, I mean, I think I, I think we, um, we hinted, mm-hmm. uh, in our, in our first episode, um, I think we, we accidentally said oh, his, okay. uh, well, his first name. Yeah. You um, can go out and find it. Um, oh, yeah, you know, it is. It's out there. Thing, Everything's like, out there. Yeah. I mean, folks, yeah. he's passed away. So I, I see it different now, but like, so if, but if he was still alive, I would, I would feel really bad about, you know, yes. outing him because he, you know, again, I think that, or what do you think? I've been pretty clear. <laughs> you, you say in the first thing, like, like, is it demons? Yeah. I'm like, no. But like, <laughs> like, what do you think? What do you think is going on here? Well, I mean, okay. So, so here's here's the interesting thing yeah. about about us and our show, right. Kenan, Um, because um, I think I think we've kind of uh, been clear uh, up to this point about like uh, like where we stand, uh, you know, like like in our beliefs and everything. We're Mulder and Scully. Uh, yeah, there you go, right? <laughs> um, but even even me with with um, you know the faith that I have, I still consider myself Catholic. Mm-hmm. I this this specific story, I'm a little bit skeptical of mm-hmm. for a lot of the reasons that we you know that that we mentioned right. on this show already, right? Um, and yeah, I don't know, and, and mostly because um, even though I I do believe in god mm-hmm. i don't necessarily believe in the devil or hell mm-hmm. so so that like any like any of the kind of like possession stuff or like the devil is here or the devil is doing this or the devil is influencing um you know the media or whatever mm-hmm. like i'm like ah but that's just you know 
that's just that's just the devil is funsies for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I would I <laughs> I wouldn't be doing this podcast <laughs> or have a Ouija board in my room. <laughs> if I thought or do the next episode mm-hmm. Which is coming after this one, um, if I if I believed in uh, devils and demons. Right. Um, so yeah, so there that you know that stuff is fun for me, and for that reason, I think um, you know uh, even even more than like the reason of of like my personal faith, mm-hmm. I look at this story kind of like, hmm, this is a really interesting story. Yeah. I'm glad it ended on on a on a happy ending, and Robbie was able to kind of like you know live a normal life after mm-hmm. this. Um, and yeah, but I think I think that's. I would go with okay. So of those three, of those three options mm-hmm. that you put, so of those three things, right? Robbie's lying, mm-hmm. consciously lying. He was actually possessed, mm-hmm. or he was having a um, like I would say a psychiatric break of some kind, yes. right? Or mm-hmm. you know, and 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 um, which happens to everybody, you know, very frequently, mm-hmm. and and then um, got caught up in it. Yeah, right. So I would say, yeah, like like uh, caught up in a like mental emotional yes. um, issue. Yeah, that would be mine. Uh-huh, um, right. Although it has been um, stated here uh, again, going back to devil's advocate again, <laughs> right? Uh, for the devil, um, so so correctly used term, <laughs> devil's advocate. They're saying like if this was like a psychological spell. Mm-hmm. The fact that it never came back again uh-huh. kind of like um, denotes or uh, kind of um, what's the word that denies yeah, that. that speaks that that it was not a psychiatric problem. But, um, but mm. again, we don't know if if uh, Robbie found solace in the church and, and that gave him the, you know, the psychological um, structure and help that a young boy needed. That happens. Right. We don't mm-hmm. know if he went and. Uh, you know, got psychiatric help. Uh, he disappears in, after 1951, right? Right. So we don't know exactly. if he got psychiatric help. We don't know if he, um, you know, got over the death of his aunt, which might have been the precipitating um, mm-hmm. race. I mean, like, it's not necessarily that he had, um, that he was mentally ill all of his life. You know, now we understand, like, you can become mentally ill, like you can become physically ill and, and get over right. it, right? So like, and, and heal. So, you know, mm-hmm. he's a 13-year-old boy, which is a terrible time <laughs> for anyone to be alive. For anyone. For anyone to be alive. Again, I teach middle school. Like everybody, everybody is just like, yeah, it's it's like, <laughs> the, the world is out to get you when you're, when you're um, one of, like an early teen. Yeah. yeah, he is. Or it feels like Depending it. <laughs> on some uh, accounts, kind of a bully and a loner and doesn't have any mm-hmm. friends at school. Um, his best friend is his wait a bully or uh, that I mean depending on the account either he's a bully or he was a, it was bullied. Oh, I didn't I didn't hear the bully. Um, I yeah I did see I did see at least one instance where people were saying that he was kind of kind of a mean spirited kid. Oh, but again, like okay. <laughs> we're we're doing all of this retrospectively from decades mm-hmm, afterwards, mm-hmm. and in the context of this is a guy who's possessed by the, de- the the demon, like he's most famous mm-hmm, for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've right. seen all of that, but but certainly didn't have a nice school life. Um, no, yeah, his best friend is his aunt who passes away um, mm-hmm. suddenly when she's you know across the country. He's mm-hmm, hanging mm-hmm. out with his grandmother. I mean. Um, you know, being a 13 year old boy and the only one you have to talk to at home is your grandmother. Like I love my grandparents and love my grandmother, mm-hmm, but like, mm-hmm. you know, you're going through puberty and, and it's just, a, mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, it's a rough situation. And, yes. um, and you know, anything, any number of one of these things could sort of happen. And then it starts to manifest in things that 
could be something like self-harm and cutting. And then all of a sudden people are, are telling you that this self-harm and this, this cutting and this marking and, and all of these, these fits that you're having, isn't your fault. It's the devil. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they're paying attention to you in a way that maybe you. they weren't paying attention to you. And you're, it's again, it's a really patriarchal society. And now that you're, you have all these, these male figures in your life, you know, when you didn't have have uh, many before, no, right? not at all, right? And they're taking mm. you, and you get to go on trips and see really cool places. And as long as you keep doing that, then you know they they serve you cake and ice cream, and they teach you things, and mm-hmm. and you're reading and, and and Latin all of a sudden, and um, you know, and then and not only that, but you are you are a participant in this epic fight, right? Between right? good like and evil, are, yeah, that's yes. a good point, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in the diary that we didn't read, there there was you know a lot of um, uh, a couple instances where the, like the the priests are shocked that this little boy like part of their evidence that he's possessed is that he swears you know he says mm-hmm, he says mm-hmm. swear words which again like these these priests who aren't around children very often just don't mm-hmm. understand the 13 year old boy mind and then mm-hmm. when we look back at this we're like oh it's the 40s um, and you know we we see radio and TV and, and, and movies. And we think that little kids in the forties were well-behaved little angels. Right. And they're not. Yeah. They, that's more of a reflection on the censorship of TV yeah. rather than it is real life. It's what we yeah. wanted to present to the world is that our kids are well-behaved, but they've been mm-hmm. swearing since they invented swear words. Right. Um, yeah. Right. So yeah. like they're the, the priests are like, Oh my God, that's so shocking that, that, I mean, he was saying he, and his swearing um, what's the word? Escalates. So at first he's right. like, "Hell damn ass, hell damn ass, fart, fart, fart," mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, and then and then by the end of it, he's talking about like cocksuckers and you priests probably mm-hmm. have like big dicks or whatever, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and like yeah, because you know potentially because they're paying attention, they're like, oh, it's getting a response, right? Right. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're mm-hmm. like, he would, you know, he would, he wouldn't know, you know, these dirty c words, but of course he would. Mm-hmm. He's a thirteen-year-old boy from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course he knows swear words. <laughs> But anyways, that's not that's not saying anything about Baltimore, folks. It's just like, oh, you know, I'm saying uh, that about Baltimore. <laughs> you ever been to you? That sounds like someone has never been to Baltimore. <laughs> well, there we go. Well, goodness. <laughs> no, but my <laughs> land. <laughs> yeah, that's where that's where my mind goes as well. Lester is that that mm. other ground that, um, you know, even if he even if he was faking it a little bit that he might have gotten caught up in this and right. it was fulfilling a need for him that he wasn't quite yeah. aware of. It was a, a, a crucible situation, right? Yeah. With the with the little girls, you know, seeing the devil, mm-hmm. and like so, suddenly now they're they're you know the most important people in that town, right? Right. Yeah. And if you all haven't yeah. seen the the crucible play in person, play yeah, because I saw mm-hmm. Lester in one, uh, Lester oh, and Amy yes. in one, and I saw one at UNLV, and in a great production of that, when the girls sync up and they start seeing the bird going around the church, it, oh yeah, terrifying, yeah. like really, really, mm-hmm. really horrifying. Like that's some of the best piece of like immersive theater you can get but but yeah mm-hmm. exactly that they are in that play they are they feel powerful right they feel seen yes um right. they're in a world where young women are not seen and all of a sudden they are the most important people right and that's a like, that's a that's a theme that we get right where it's like you know because robbie is a child mm-hmm. and and you know these children in the crucible are children mm-hmm. right it's like like female children it's like you like when the normal rules are in place mm-hmm. You're so low on 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 the totem mm-hmm. that you know you like yeah this is this is your chance right. to to be more important than the mayor of that town right mm-hmm. right yeah or more important like like in in Robbie's case like more important than I mean like as important as as like someone in the Bible right yeah right? Wow. like he is 
he is placing himself in this pantheon. I am like, I am, I am afflicted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And St. Michael, who I just learned about yesterday. <laughs> no, sorry. Well, we talked about him. We talked about him on the on the show no, before. No, no, I'm saying from Robbie's point of view. Oh, so, oh, the, the Saint Michael incident. Yeah, in that Saint story. Michael yeah. comes. I, I'm being I'm being a little bitchy now because it's like mm. Saint Michael comes down and saves me. Well, well, you know, you just taught him who Saint Michael was. We bought him a statue and told him the story of Saint Michael, and then everything everything in the climactic oh. battle is exactly what you told him. And then they're like, oh, this is proof that this is you know Saint Michael coming down. I'm like, oh. You you know, you guys, <laughs> the, the proof would have been if you had the St. Michael statue in there and you didn't tell him what it was. And then, right. but they're, you know, again, they're not there to, again, I, I want to be nice to them. They're not there to mm-hmm. try to trap him or trick him or test him. They're right. there to save him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Very interesting stuff, yeah. guys. I'm glad, so- you, glad you did this. This is really cool. Thanks. Yeah. No, I, 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 we've, we've been wanting to, to touch on this story for a really long time and I'm glad we were able to, uh, to, to get to that. Mm -hmm. Um, and folks, uh, we want to hear from you. Like, what do you think about this story? Right. We already heard, uh, from a couple people on the listener group, uh, giving us, uh, their own opinions about like whether this was real, Mm -hmm. whether this was like a psycho, uh, I don't want to say psychotic, whether this was like a mental mental um, episode mental health episode, whether this was uh, just straight up a boy, you know, like just wanting attention. Um, and they've already, they've already voiced, but yeah, let us know, like join our listener group or write us in at, uh, the exorcist minute at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, like we'd love to hear it. Um, so yeah, that is it for the exorcism of Robbie Doe. Um, Kenan, is there anything else we got for this week? No. Oh, wait. Yeah, wait. Yeah, I, I guess we should say, uh, yeah, and folks, um, stick with us because next week we are going back. We are going way back in time and we are talking about, we are getting biblical. We are getting, <laughs> actually, I'm going to say we are getting extra biblical. <laughs> that's, that's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I was very proud of that. I don't know if I want to explain that joke. That, that's no, so no, 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 no. <laughs> Our listeners are smart. They know. They know what I just did. Do you know what he did? Your cunting podcast host. But yeah, folks, uh, be sure to come back next week. We got something really, really cool planned. Um, we are going to be looking at the apocryphal text, the Testament of Solomon. Um, so, and if you remember, we, we have talked about Solomon on this show before when we fell into one of our many, many traps. Uh, but this time we're actually going to look at the man, the myth, the legend, <clears throat> King Solomon of the Bible. So stay tuned folks. All right, Keenan, that is all from my notes. Uh, is there anything else we missed? Nope. I think that's it. All right, folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz, and you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd as Howdy Keenan. Yeah, we got our listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join, and we'll let you in here with us. Thank you so much to everyone who has shared the show by word of mouth or on social media, and a big thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star ratings on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to our show. We really appreciate that. It's going to help our little podcast grow and find more cool people like you. Keenan, we just got another one. I saw it today. Oh, I didn't look yes. at it yet. Oh, I feel so special. We get little tings of happiness up and down our yes. spines. It's like, oh, they like us. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, folks, we also want to say thank you again for sticking with us, even though we're not talking about the movie at this time. Uh, we promise we're not going anywhere. We will start up uh, our normal movie episodes after we have won this strike. We have episodes in the can, but we are standing in solidarity with SAG-AFTRA and the W. GA. 
Um, and folks, yeah, we promise to keep you posted and let you know how you can help with the uh, the WGA and SAG after strikes. The best and most comprehensive place for that, and the most trustworthy news source for that is SAGAFTRA.org. But also, I want to give you another website here. You can also go to SAGAFTRAStrike.org, and that will have information specifically about the strike and what you can do uh, to help out. It has news, FAQs, a social media toolkit, right? Check both of those out, SAGAFTRA.org and SAGAFTRAStrike.org. I'll post a link to both of those in our listener group. So yeah, if you can get out there in March, please do. If not, please spread the word and let's all pray for a swift and decisive victory. Mm-hmm. Okay, Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time. The power of strike compels you.